It's March 2nd, 2022, and this is your Ukraine Daily Brief from the TSR Network. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Kotnor. Last night, President Biden gave his first State of the Union address to the nation since taking office. The speech was an opportunity for Biden to lay out his domestic agenda for the coming year, but he spent about 10 minutes up front discussing the crisis in Ukraine. Ukrainian Ambassador Oksana Markova was in attendance as Dr. Joe Biden's guest and was recognized by President Biden drawing a standing ovation from the chamber. In his speech, Biden made two significant announcements. He joined Canada and the European Union in banning Russian aircraft from U.S. airspace. And he announced that the United States would be joining the coordinated effort by the International Energy Agency and oil-producing countries to release 60 million barrels of oil from oil reserves, with 30 million barrels coming from the United States stockpile. Biden stated that these moves, along with previously announced sanctions, were in an effort to isolate Russia and Putin. In Ukraine, the siege of Kharkiv and other cities continues. Russian troops entered Konotop, a small city in northeastern Ukraine, to deliver an ultimatum to local authorities that if inhabitants continued to resist, the city would be shelled with heavy artillery. Heavy shelling of Mariupol, a southern Ukrainian city of 400,000, has left at least 128 people injured. Claims from Moscow that Russian armed forces are not targeting civilian infrastructure continue to ring hollow. Seems that European Union Security Chief Josip Borrell may have spoken too soon. As we reported earlier in the week, the EU promised half a billion euro worth of weapons and supplies to Ukraine. He also said that this would include fighter jets, but that has proven to be false. No country is currently on the record as providing fighter jets. Political Europe has a full rundown of all the lethal aid currently headed to Ukraine. Yesterday, I forgot to mention that Elon Musk has made good on his promise to provide Starlink internet services in Ukraine. The service allows users to get internet from satellites rather than terrestrial towers or cables. This may be increasingly important as Russia takes aim at civilian infrastructure and internet availability worsens. On Tuesday, Oksama Markarova, Ukraine's ambassador to the United States, told reporters that Russia had used thermobaric weapon known as a vacuum bomb in Ukraine. This weapon draws in air from around it to create an explosion that lasts far longer than conventional explosives, and its use could constitute a war crime. Reuters has the story, and we'll be tracking it closely. Nord Stream 2 may finally be dead. The 1,230-kilometer underwater gas pipeline connecting Russia to Germany has long been a sticking point in U.S.-German relations and has been the subject of countless sanctions over the years. On Tuesday, Ilvia Thaman Gut, Minister of Economy for the small canton of Zug in central Switzerland, announced that the company operating Nord Stream 2 had gone bankrupt and fired 106 employees. While this has long been a white whale for Russia hawks, the Biden administration has relaxed sanctions on the pipeline, saying that the sanctions weren't stopping the construction and that it was almost completed. This led to a major dust up with Senator Ted Cruz who put a hold on a number of the administration's national security and foreign policy nominees in protest. Unfortunately, even though the pipeline is dead, the problem still remains. Europe and the globe is hooked on Russian oil and gas. The recent announcement from the IEA is a band-aid. We need real energy independence. 
Mexico's President López Obrador has declined to impose economic sanctions on Russia. This could prove to be an interesting move given the close economic ties between the United States and Mexico. That's not the case with Japan, however, as they have announced that they will impose economic sanctions on Russia, including freezing assets of Russian leaders and its state-owned central banks. South Korea is also sanctioning seven major Russian banks and their affiliates. A number of companies have announced that they are cutting ties with Russia, including Shell and BP, potentially costing those companies billions of dollars. Shell joins a growing number of large private companies that include Maersk, Visa, MasterCard, Disney, and others in cutting ties with Russia. While Europe and the United States have begun to go after Russian oligarchs, some do not think they are going far enough. Conservative MP Bob Seeley, who represents the Isle of Wight, spoke in the House of Commons yesterday, accusing four British lawyers of working on behalf of the Kremlin to skirt sanctions, asking how much money, how many billions of pounds will have fled the country by the time we nail these people down. Russia has moved to block independent media sites, including a TV station and a liberal radio station for, quote, spreading deliberately false information, unquote. This is in addition to blocking Ukrainian media outlets. Yesterday, we reported that Eastern Europe was welcoming to Ukrainian refugees, which could total in the millions in the coming days and weeks. However, there continue to be reports that Ukrainian border officials have given preferential treatment to white Ukrainian citizens, while foreign students, including Africans and Indians, have faced racism including not being allowed to board buses and physical abuse. Yesterday, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky called on the European Parliament to prove that you are with us, and they responded by passing a non-binding resolution that called on Ukraine to be given EU candidate status. However, Daniel Boffy of The Guardian argues that this will end in disappointment because of the arduousness the process and conflict within the union over democratic backsliding. China's foreign minister, Wang Yi, spoke with Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kulba, yesterday saying that China deplores the outbreak of conflict. But Kulba said following the conversation that there has been no change in China's stance, which has largely remained neutral. We'll be following updates with China closely. Finally, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said a Russian delegation will be in place Wednesday for a new round of talks with Ukraine, but gave no additional details about the location or format of the discussions. In an interview with CNN that aired yesterday, President Zelensky said, I think there are principal things that you can do. If you do this and that side does this, it means that they are ready for peace. If they're not ready, it means that you are just wasting time. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip or topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at udb at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the Ukraine Daily Brief. So go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. And be sure to tune in to Deep State Radio today to hear more in-depth analysis with our special guest, General Philip Breedlove, former Supreme Allied Commander Europe. Stay safe and stay tuned to the Ukraine Daily Brief from the Deep State Radio Network.